You are listening to the Kensington Church Podcast, recorded live in Michigan. To learn more about Kensington, visit kensingtonchurch.org. All right, well, good morning, Kensington. We're so excited that you're here with us this morning. Just want to invite you to stand and join us as we worship our great and mighty God this morning. We'll sing this song with me. Sing, I search the world. I searched the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise and treasures and faith are never enough. And you came along, put me back together. Every desire is now satisfied hearing your love. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing. Nothing is better.
stay up for one minute. I've got lots of things to tell you about. Trust me, in like 10 minutes, you're going to be like, golly, this is a lot of videos today. We've been sitting down for a long time, so you're going to have plenty of time to sit. Welcome to Orion. If you're tuning in online, that's the campus you have tuned into. We are glad to have you today. I want to read, um, I want to read a couple of verses that struck me coming out of that song that that song is about. Matthew chapter 28. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, going to the tomb and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes white as snow. You guys know what this is about, right? Some of you are like, that's the Easter message. This isn't Easter. We do that on Easter. That's a couple months from now. Isn't it funny how sometimes this reality the tomb that was empty is at the epicenter of what we believe as followers of Jesus, that there's a God, his name is Jesus, he became a man, he died on the cross, he conquered the grave, and yet we kind of relegate it sometimes to just the Easter message. It may not be Easter, but this is what we celebrate, and it's what we sang about. And this is what happened, you know it, verse 5, then the angel of the Lord said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know what you are looking for. Jesus, who was crucified, he is not here. He is risen. The words of that song aren't just a song. It's what so many of us believe, that there is a God whose name is Jesus, that he is wildly passionate about you. And because his grave turned back into life, so can ours. So this morning, as we're leaping into the series, we're in a series that we're wrapping up today, actually, called I Feel, where we've been doing a bit of a character study on the life of a guy named David, looking at different moments in David's life where his feelings had the potential to take control and instead he took control of those feelings. And today we're looking at I feel hopeful. 
which I think is a little bit ironic because probably for a lot of us, you might say like I would have honestly said in the last couple of weeks, I don't know how hopeful I do feel. When you look around us, there's a lot of potential right now with the crazy in our world, let alone for some of us, the crazy in our own lives to go, I don't know how hopeful I feel right now. So David once had a moment where, I mean, there's several moments, but one in particular where he didn't feel quite too hopeful himself. And so what he did is he prayed to God and he asked, would you restore to me the joy? And here's where I love where he goes, because there's so many things he could have said. In a moment of not feeling hopeful, not feeling joyful, he could have said, restore to me the joy of feeling happy, restore to me the joy of success in my business, restore to me the joy of a broken friendship. He said this, restore to me the joy of your salvation. That David knew there was a connection between joy, hope, and sitting in the deep awareness of God's salvation over his life. And so today we're going to look at what does it mean for us to be hopeful in the midst of a world that could so easily suck hope away from us. So before we go there, you can go ahead and sit down now. i got a couple of things that I want to let you know about, some that are very campus-specific to us here at Orion, and some that are more global to us as a church across campus. Specific to us, very quickly, we talked about this last week. Uh, hopefully you've gotten some correspondence from me on this. Uh, but we are underway to develop the north side of our building, which is currently a parking lot that gets virtually no use into an area that I think will get some of the most use of this entire facility in the years to come. Uh, we are in a project right now trying to convert that lot into green space that will not just serve us as an outdoor place to gather, to connect, to have meetings, to have facilities, to let our students go out there, to do all the things that we already do, much of which we would love to do outside, but also to offer it up to our city. Uh, there's already been a few conversations with the Orient School District and even telling them this is coming. We want you to use it. It's not ours. It's yours. Like, we want to bless you with it. So there's the potential that the band may even be here from the school practicing once it's developed, utilizing that space. So there's so much potential for how that can be something that doesn't just bless us as a community, but blesses our community at large as well. So I would love to do this. If you're interested and you want to know more about what it's going to look like, what it's going to entail, what, what opportunity we're asking you to participate in to make it happen, uh, we're going to do a walkthrough after the service today. Uh, there's going to be some renderings. I'm going to be out there, answer any questions you may have, and we'd just love to have you come check it out and dream with us about how using that space differently will have greater impact for us as a community going forward. All right, so this one is more global. It's for all of Kensington. Uh, this next weekend, we will be at Man Camp, which is previously Man Up. If you've not heard, we changed the name. A little bit of a focus change, the whole idea behind the change of the name. Much of Man Camp is still staying as it has been, but it's really just an idea that we want to put into what this weekend is, which is, and some of you, if you're a rock climber, you know this, when you spend time at base camp to climb any mountain, there's a couple of things that happen. Two that are of utmost importance. One is you acclimate to the environment so that you can get higher. Two, you get to know the team that you're going to climb with. So part of our hope at Man Camp is it becomes a place for us as guys to get away for a weekend and find that God does some work in us to continue to acclimate us to the journey he has us on, as well as to bond us together as guys on the same journey and be building, I think, new friendships, walking away with new relationships, and just seeing what God continues to do. So here's what I love. If, if you've not explored it yet, go online and explore it. Uh, if you've not talked to somebody that's gone, talk to somebody that's gone. We would love to have you sign up and be a part of it. I'm going to show you a really quick video right now, just give you a little preview of what it's going to be like. So check out your screens. Adventure. 
brotherhood, a journey we want to share. It's what we were designed for, but so often we find we have stumbled onto well-worn paths and stayed there. These paths are safe and predictable, but at times we find ourselves wondering if this is it, if this is all there is. What if we took a few steps away from the mundane? What would we discover? We might find ourselves on a cliff with terrifying yet breathtaking views, or seeing the possibility as we look up from the base of an enormous mountain. The passages look more dangerous, the ravines seem more intense, and yet, there is a deep desire to see what is on the other side. It takes a step, a step of courage and curiosity. Step off the beaten trail and come away with your questions, your desire for adventure and brotherhood. This is the journey we want to share. It's also a place of insanity, competition, great music, and food. So what are you waiting for? Just sign up. <laughs> I just needed the end. That's good. Just get right to the point. There's also going to be a fried charcuterie board. I'm really not sure that those two things should go together, but it's going to happen. So again, I just think if, if you've not been a part of this before, uh, I, I just really encourage you to consider, I think it will do something significant for your walk with God, and it will get you in a place where you will walk away with a different kind of relationship, relationships that I think will continue to benefit you in your journey spiritually and in your life. So you can go there, you can check it out, you can sign up, you can even go to the hub here before you leave, ask more questions, and we can give you some information. All right, here's the other one. Again, cross campus. Uh, for churches, as we head into the fall, that's kind of our ministry launch. That's the new season for us. Everything's kicking off again, which means that in the fall, this is the time that we open up opportunity and invite you to get involved and to plug into a variety of different places that make Kensington Kensington. So again, I'm going to show you a quick video because I want you to see a few people from across campuses that have been you, that have sat, have been involved, have had an incredible experience, but have had moments where they felt like it's time for me to plug in and just hear the experience of not just what it's done for them, but what they've been able to do for others as well. Here you go. My name's Nicole, and I volunteer in Orient Campus, and I volunteer in the zero to two-year-old room. So sometimes I have little babies, like six to nine months, and other times I have one and two-year-olds running around. My name's Teresa, I serve at Orient Campus. I normally work with either the two-year-olds, or I also can go up to three and five-year-olds. My name's Jessica Hotchkiss, and I serve at Clarkston Kensington. I work production and do CG and stage managing. Hi, I'm Bobby McPherson. I'm from the Clinton Township Church. Uh, one week I'm serving as greeter and second week I'm serving as the security team. Portability, we would have to be there usually about 5, 5.30, and we pull the carts off the trailer and bring them in and separate them to the rooms, and then all the carts get unloaded. So every single section gets set up, all of the cords, all the drums, the guitars, the video, the lighting, everything gets set up every single week. We just really wanted to be a part of the community, and I feel like if you're not diving in, you're not gonna grow. And we really, my family wanted to grow in our faith and we wanted to show our commitment and that's why we chose to volunteer. I really like impacting the kids' lives and sometimes like whenever I would learn in sixth grade, whenever I first started coming to church, I would learn about 
God, but not fully understand what their aspect of teaching was. So it was easy to like try to relate God to the kids' lives and help them understand it more. Some of my favorite times being a volunteer is the word, like the hardest times. Like when we, <laughs> when we have a rough day and we can't get anything going and the Wi-Fi is cutting out and all these things are a mess because we're a portable campus. It's like we come together as a team and that unity and like just praying over everything and working together to figure it all out is the greatest part. She's like, Mom, I want to volunteer. I want to volunteer in the kids' area. And I said, well, okay, go for it. And then I was like dropping her off and picking her up and dropping off. I'm like, why am I not going? Like, I, sh I love kids. I should volunteer. And so she still kind of is better than me or, you know, outdoes me because she volunteers for the 9 and the 11 o'clock every single Sunday. I knew I needed to get into service. I was thinking about it, and I kept saying, okay, I'm going to do it today and go out the door, and I'll get it next week. Well, finally, after a few weeks of that, I was sitting in the service. Craig Mace was uh, preaching that day, and they were asking about volunteers service. I heard it so loud. It was so compelling that it drove me to, as soon as that service was over, I burned out to the hub, couldn't get there fast enough, signed up, couldn't do that fast enough, and I followed the process online. And as soon as I got my badge, I asked, could I start right then and there? Sure. That's why we started volunteering, was to be a part of the community. So, and then that helped us grow in our faith and realize that part of our movement being volunteers is just growing with God. Like our biggest purpose really in the Bible is to spread the word of God. and. We get to do that every day, every time we're there. This is worth your time. Giving your time back to these kids, to these parents, helping the kids grow in the relationship with God and learn about Jesus, but helping the parents be able to join, work on their relationship with God and without trying to be a parent at the same time is totally worth your time. It's worth the effort. I mean, it's worth, she gets up early every Sunday. Like she's up by 7.30 every Sunday so she can be there at the nine o'clock. And I'm like, um, don't you want to sleep in? And she said, no. I love seeing the people coming in. I love seeing, greeting the smiles. I love seeing the families. I love seeing the children. It's just so thrilling. It's exciting. It's the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my life. Serving God, serving the church, serving the community. One of my favorite stories of somebody that's been involved in church and being a part of it was a guy named Bill from my last church. We had moved into a new facility. We were doing some of the prep work. He was up on a ladder, a short story. He falls off the ladder. He shatters his heel. He breaks his bones in his leg. He has to have massive surgery, gets his cast and all that on. Within the week of getting out of the hospital, he's back at the church. He's serving that morning because he was on like 85 different teams. And he's on one of those things where you're like legs up and it's like the, the little wheelie thing. And he's on the security team. I was like, hey, hey, Bill, I love your heart. You're like super not intimidating on the security team. <laughs> like not working. But he just said, this is what I do. So when we have these moments, it's not just because we're trying to plug holes and we've got vacancies. It really is because we believe fundamentally that this is who God's made us to be, is a body. And the body works best when every part of it functions. Our body doesn't work best and full if you chop off your hand. And for some of you, you're the hand that we still need. For some of you, you're the eyes that we still need. And our body gets better with you. 
So there's a couple ways that you can explore getting involved. One is the card, obviously, that you got when you walked in. Hopefully you have one of those. You can kind of check off different areas of interest that you'd love to learn more about. You can also go online. Uh, Quickest, easiest way to do that, we've got a QR code you can scan. That should bring up a website that will direct you. Uh, And then out in the lobby as well at the hub, we've got a couple of stations out there. Uh, Encourage you to go out there, ask questions, explore some different opportunities, very specific ones out there that we'd love to have you just explore being involved. But I really do believe this. For some of you, it's not like, hey, get involved because you need to be involved. We're not as good and as strong as we can be as a community without you, and we need you. So a couple other things. Here's what I want to do. I have a few few more announcements I need to let you know about. Lots to let you know about. There's just so much going on right now. But because I've already been talking the length of a full sermon, would you just stretch your legs for a minute? Y'all got a name tag on. Here's what I'd love you to do is just get up for a quick second. You're like, I already got comfy, man. I'm like cushioned in. Like get up, say hi to somebody near you, call them even out by name if you'd like. Or if you're like, nope, not feeling it today. Okay, then just drink your coffee. I'll come find you and say hi to you. online and you're like, do you you guys do this name tag thing all the time? We do it once a month. It's called Name Tag Sunday. Super silly, but super awesome because it's our way of trying to make sure that at least some of the time that you come in these doors, you're not unseen. It's so easy to go in church and leave church and never feel like you actually were seen and it mattered that you were there. And this is just one of our attempts to be able to go, hey, we see you. Plus, everybody here knows my name practically, and I don't know your name, so it helps me know who you are. So there you go. But I think it's just great that we all get to say hi, and we get to use each other's names to do it. So appreciate you guys being a part of that with us. All right, here's what I want to do. Two more quick things. Uh, one is, and this is just a super valuable part of what it means to be this community, is one of the things we do every week together is we really do believe God has given, and so we give back, and we do that through our offering. So I want to invite you this morning, if you're a part of this, that this is the moment that we really celebrate whatever you do in this moment. Maybe you're like, I do it later or I do it online. This is still the moment where I hope when we have this together that internally it's that check to just go, thank you, Jesus, for what you have given me. And for those of you that aren't a part of this with us, I would invite you to be a part of this with us. Steve Andrews, when he launched his church 30 years ago, God gave him an unbelievable vision to be able to create a place that didn't just serve the metro Detroit area, but serve the globe. And it has grown to an impact beyond what he could have ever believed. And it's because of, he says this all the time, and I love it. It's because God brought such incredible people into his life. You're those people. So I would just invite you, if you're not a part of this journey with us, to be a part of this journey. And obviously you can see on the screen all the ways to do that. So last thing. Uh, One of the core things, again, if I was to go back and tell you a little bit about Steve Andrews, our founder, that was core to him when he started Kensington, continues to be core to who we are today, is planting churches. Steve never had the idea that we would just start a church, but that we would be a church that started churches. And so we've had the opportunity to plant dozens and dozens and dozens of churches, but more importantly, through those churches, we know that hundreds of thousands of lives have been impacted. 
lives that we as Kensington directly would have never impacted had we not really believed it's our job to supply, to encourage, and to launch other churches in our region and around our region and really around the globe. And so this morning, I'm going to introduce you a guy that some of you may remember. Uh, he's going to be speaking today. His name is Aaron Hicks. He was on stage uh, back in the summer. I introduced him to you. He is one of our church planners. We are actually being a part of a group right now of six different churches that's launching him in three weeks. And so I asked Aaron to come today and share the message. I think talking about what we're going to talk about, he is the perfect guy to do it with what God's called him to do and the generations that God's going to use him to impact. So he's going to be up here in a minute. Before he comes up, uh, we also have a church that we launched just last weekend. Some of you may remember Patrick Holden, who was the pastor at our Traverse City campus a few years ago. Felt like God called him to go start a new work in Columbus, Ohio. So he moved down there about a year and a half ago. And just this last week, they had an incredible launch. So they've sent us a thank you note. And this is Patrick saying thank you because you have made what he did a reality in your generosity. So here's Patrick. Hey Kensington, this is Patrick Holden from Nuvo Church, and I just wanted to give you a quick update. This past Sunday, Nuvo launched in Columbus, Ohio, and after months of praying and preparing and building, we had our grand opening with 83 launch team members and 248 people in attendance. We also shared our very first baptism story with Mike and Christina Morton. It's a couple that we randomly met on Facebook who ended up joining one of our Zoom groups, eventually being a part of the launch team, and they recently placed their trust in Jesus as their savior. And now they lead our guest services team. I can't say thank you enough for locking arms with us in this pre-launch phase. We're just now getting started, but this past Sunday may have been day one for us as a church, but we know that every Sunday moving forward will be day one for a person in their faith journey. Together, we get to be a part of taking people on a relational journey towards Jesus, and I'm so grateful that we get to partner together in that. Thank you for supporting us and being a part of Nuvo, even if from a distance. We're so grateful for you. We also wanted to give you a quick little glimpse into what the day was like. So here's a preview of Nuvo Church's grand opening. Kensington Church. How are you guys doing? Great. Great. That's awesome. So listen, my name is Aaron Hicks, and I am super, super excited to deliver this message with you guys all today. Uh, I feel super excited to call Kensington Church part of my family because you guys are absolutely, absolutely amazing. Can y'all do me a favor? Can you guys make some noise for yourselves and for Pastor Craig here in Orient Campus? Come on. Yeah. 
All right, and can you guys do me one more favor? Can you just make as much noise for Jesus in this place as you possibly can? Come on. There we go. Come on. Come on. That's awesome. Well, listen, I am so excited for, to be here with you guys. I see familiar faces out here in the crowd. I think I see my mom back there somewhere. Uh, I see Mr. John. We've got a great relationship, awesome person here. Uh, some great friends from Rise Church are with us. And my wife, who I call Snugglepuff, her name is Sheena. She's in the house. So can you guys just give her a hand clap? That's awesome. So she, she's totally cool. If you guys know, I call her Snugglepuff. Okay, uh, just nobody call, else call her Snugglepuff. That's, that's like our thing. All right, so, so listen, we're su I'm super excited, and we have the pleasure of starting a brand new church called Rise Church in Romulus, Michigan. And uh, for several of you guys, like, oh, my goodness, Romulus, all I know in Romulus is the airport. Yep, you summed it up. Good job. Um, so listen, we are there to bring life change, spread the hope of Jesus, and I am just so inspired and so excited when I see other videos like Nouveau Church and Patrick's Church in Columbus launching strong. Guys, you have a hand in that. That's amazing. Um, and so from the founder, from Steve Andrews and his vision, it's living on through all of you guys here at Kensington, and it is going through making a maximum impact for the kingdom. So I'm super, super thankful and super, super excited. Well, listen, I'm not going to prolong the time. We have been in a great series called I Feel, and we've been chronicling the life of David and how he's been handling uh, his life, circumstances, issues. Well, today we're going to deal with uh, how David is specifically handling the role of transition. David is getting ready to leave the scene, and he's transitioning things over to Solomon. So listen, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to be in the book of Chronicles, 1 Chronicles chapter 28. If you're using an app or whatever you're using to follow along, uh, follow there with me. And while you're scrolling, let me just tell you, I feel at home. Is that all right if I feel at home? I'm going to let my hair down just a little bit, all one quarter inch of it, and we're going to have a great time. So just feel comfortable enough. If you agree with something, you can say amen, you can clap, you can talk back to me. It's totally, totally cool. It makes me feel even more right. Right at home, but we're going to take a look here at First Chronicles 28, verses 1 through 10. Okay, and uh, what it says is this David summoned all of the officials of Israel to assemble at Jerusalem the officers, the tribes, the commanders of the divisions, and the service of the king. So basically, He's calling all these people together. We're going to jump down just a little bit here. King David rose to his feet and said, listen to me, my fellow Israelites, my people. I had it in my heart to build a house as a place of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord, for the footstool of our God. And I made plans to build it. But God said to me, you are not to build a house for my name because you are a warrior and have shed blood. Yet the Lord, the God of Israel, chose me from my whole family to be king over Israel forever. He chose Judah as leader. And from the tribe of Judah, he chose my family. And from my father's sons, he was pleased to make me king over all Israel. Of all my sons, and the Lord has given me many, he has chosen my son Solomon to sit on the throne of the kingdom of the Lord over Israel. He said to me, Solomon, your son, is the one who will build my house and my courts. 
for I've chosen him to be my son and I will be his father. I will establish his kingdom forever if he is unswerving and carrying out my commands and laws as is being done at this time. So now I charge you in the sight of all Israel and of the assembly of the Lord and in the hearing of our God, be careful to follow all the commands of the Lord your God that you may possess this good land and pass it on as an inheritance to your descendants forever. And you, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father and serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches every heart and understands every desire and every thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house as the sanctuary. Be strong and do the work. So as I look at this text in particular, I think a lot about cryptocurrency and uh, GameStop and Dogecoin. Did anybody invest out here in Dogecoin or GameStop when all that craze was going on? Just anybody show of hands? Yeah, a couple of us, okay. All right, but does anybody know what, what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the craze, right? Uh, well, really, just to sum it all up, this is what happened. There were some investors that were um, being, being made and a lot of it was come from ways of social media and through a platform called Reddit. And it was telling people to invest in particular stocks at a particular time. And there was a sense by, of lead by community. And if everybody could come together and invest in a particular stock, the price of that stock would go up and everybody would make a lot of money. And as a result, that's exactly what happened. Uh, a lot of people invested, started somewhere, and everybody started doing better. It, went, it started trending online, and there was a lot of internet craze as a result of it. Even Elon Musk started tweeting about it and talking about Dogecoin and all this stuff. Uh, they saw some spoofs even on Saturday Night Live around this phenomenon. But really, the principle in essence is the same that the way the kingdom of God should operate that you're making an investment, you're calling everybody to come together and invest and believe in something greater than yourself. And when everybody goes all in on something, if everybody makes the investment, the kingdom of God is gonna be better off in the long run than it is today. Now, the kingdom of God doesn't work in currency as far as uh, monetary uh, uses, but the kingdom of God is in the people business. So what you're investing for today is manifesting for years and years to come. Well, investments in the kingdom of God work like this. Investments are made not just for your legacy, but for also their destiny. And I want us to talk today specifically around I Feel Hopeful, chronicling David's transition to Solomon and the way succession occurs in the kingdom of God, God's family, between one generation and the next generation. Uh, can I just address the elephant in the room? Is that okay if I just uh, keep it real with you guys? Are you guys going to be real with me today? Is that all good? Um, how many of you guys feel hopeful truly about this next generation? 
I mean, we're the Tide Pod generation. I mean, can we keep it real? The Tide Pod generation. How many of you guys feel good about the Tide Pod generation? How, how many of you guys feel good about the milk crate challenge? Have you guys seen that where people are stacking milk crates, uh, uh, one on top of the other, and they're scaling these milk crates, and they are just destroying themselves, right? They're not making it through. They're trying to stack these milk crates as tall as they can to see if they can cross over to the other side. Well, they're ending in high hospitals, broken limbs, all of that stuff. And I just sit back and I just think, if something happens to me and I end up in a home, this is the generation that's going to take care of me? I mean, can we keep it real, right? So, so I understand transition and investing in people can be a scary thing, but there are some principles here that as we take a closer look exactly at what's happening in this transition, we can feel hopeful, Okay. So the first thing I want us to draw our attention to, and I've got four points on why we can remain hopeful about succession. The first thing here is we remain hopeful because we know you. That's grounded in relationship. One thing that here is occurring in the text is the fact that David is transitioning the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Israel over to his son Solomon. There's been some relationship there. There's been some closeness, some intimacy involved. And you know what? In instances of the Tide Pod and the Milk Crate, brother, brother Tide Pod and Sister Milk Crate, like we'll call them, like they can be uh, told to avoid from doing dumb things and making dumb mistakes if we've got relationship. If we can share our wisdom, if we can share our insight, and if we can give people instruction, right, that allows the kingdom of God to go further. Relationship is built on intimate closeness one with another. I think interning is a form of good leadership and a good intimacy. The two of those making God's setup for internship. But I just believe that if we just take time and deposit today in, a, in the person for the next generation, then the kingdom of God is going to be better because of it. Now, David and Solomon's relationship, they know each other. They're, they're intimate, father, son. So David and Solomon have that co connectivity and relativity where David can speak things into Solomon's life. And I just want to encourage you today that um, who are you building a relationship with for the kingdom of God's sake? Who are you drawing to that's closer that you say, I see something in you. I need to form like a foster parent system in the kingdom for God's family because I know that you're special. I know that you're capable, but I wanna bring you alongside so that way the kingdom is that much better because of it. You bring a lot of resources, a lot of wisdom, a lot of tenacity, and a lot of experience that somebody else who's coming up can, can be that much better because of it. Um, it makes me think of my relationship with uh, Pastor Craig. Uh, we've known each other now for about a year and a half, and it's so cool to see how our relationship allows him to speak into Rise Church, speaking the things that he says, Aaron, you know what? I love this idea. It's fantastic. And I see that God is using you, but here's something I need you to pay attention to. 
You know, that relationship allows you to speak into someone's life and, and to be able to kind of alter their direction and their path. There's a reason why Facebook doesn't have a succession plan when it comes to the kingdom of God. Because you just can't swipe, you just can't scroll if this is Instagram, right? There is a closeness that's required in relationship to advance the kingdom of God. So I can remain hopeful as long as we're taking the steps necessary to build relationships with one another. So that's number one. We remain hopeful because we know your capabilities. It's recognition. We know your cap capacity. We know what you're capable of. And David in this text here, he says something that is phenomenal. He says, the Lord did not allow me to build the temple. The Lord didn't allow me for my plans to be the way that I wanted them to be. Now, if this is about building a temple, then I could say and say, you know what? That's a, a rough way to go. That's a hard way to exit in David's life. But really here in this text, as we look at a succession plan, one thing that we understand is even though David was planning a building, he was really building a structure. Someone should tweet that. That sounds good right there, right? Even though he was planning a building, he was building a structure. You know who was right there with David when he had architects and blueprints and construction workers and contractors? It was Solomon. It was the person that was ready to take the reins. If you read the rest of Chronicles in this passage, it talks about how David and Solomon have that intimacy, that closeness, and they're going over the plans together. And sometimes life Life experience is not just for you. Do you know that there are people, the next generation, your successors who are watching you, watching the way you plan, watching the way you work, watching your blueprints, watching the way you handle yourself under pressure. And David's efforts are not just for David alone, but it's for Solomon. Can I just encourage you today that the next generation is watching you, they're observing you, and that is a great point to take the one of them under your wing and say, this is how you handle these relationships. I know what you're capable of. And here's the thing with Solomon. He goes on to be the wisest man that's ever lived, but he's taken notes from his father, David. You don't know who that person that you're shepherding, that you're guiding is going to become. You don't know what's wrapped in their destiny, but you do your part today and make a deposit for the family of God and they go on and who knows, be the next Billy Graham, the next evangelist, the next worldwide phenomenon, rallying people together. Your little part has such a great impact in the kingdom of God. Can you say amen? So let me ask you today a question. What is God placing in your heart for someone else? Guys, the reality is this has been a tough year and a half, and it's really easy to become very me-focused, very focused on, God, would you just provide for me? Would you just take care of me? Would you give me next steps? What is my purpose? Why am I going through this? Why am I dealing with that? Can I encourage you to just take a broader perspective today? Who can you pour into? Why are you going through what you're going through? Not just, God, would you deliver me in this situation? Who is this situation built for? Because it's greater than me. It's larger than me. The kingdom of God is so much bigger. God, what are you trying to show me in this moment? Take time. Ask God to share and tug on your heart. God, what is this for? Who are you calling me? Because of that process, 
Solomon has capacity. He's got resource, and he becomes a very capable leader. And not only that, it speaks into recognition. The public recognition, the fact that you believe in them, the fact that you're saying to this next generation, you know what, I'm hopeful. You are called, you are chosen, and I see great things on the inside of you. That little recognition goes a long, long way. When Kensington first came alongside and said, yes, we are going to plant Rise, help plant Rise Church, and uh, I'm over here taking notes and things like that, and they affirmed the call. They said, you know what, God is in this, he's through it, he's doing amazing things. Even in my toughest time, they say, remember what God is doing in your life, and it gives me the confidence to know, you know what, it's not so bad. I can make it. I'm confident we can do these things. The same thing, speaking over positivity over the next generation goes a long, long way. Now, here's the thing with it um, here, and I'm just going to point up the, the next point in the screen. We are hopeful because you've been chosen. And I want to spend time because I feel like in this particular element, this is probably the hardest uh, element out of all of succession, trusting that the person that you're passing the baton to, the person that you're handing the torch off to is actually capable to do the job, to actually do the thing, to actually deliver. And here, I wanna just say here, this, this statement here, the stronghold for many of us becomes uh, preference over presence. It's what we prefer. It's the way we uh, prefer to see things. It's how we would prefer things to be done. And if things don't look like the way that we have a plan for, we become a little bit nervous. We become a little bit timid. It makes me uh, remember of a time when I was in the science fair. How many of you guys remember science fairs back in elementary school and all of that stuff? I was in the science fair, and I was a gamer. I was a nerd, okay? So, and I still am, right? Captain of the robotics team throughout high school. I went on to live a very nerdy life, and I loved it. Uh, but here in, in elementary school, uh, my task for the science fair was to show the effects that the human hand had from playing video games. And I remember my parents, they took me to uh, a hobby shop and they got me uh, a hand structure and it would look like a super intimidating model that you had to put together, but it was really cool. All the fingers moved and stuff like that. And I just remember taking it and bringing it home and I opened the box up and out comes all these pieces. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm gonna put this together. But I was really excited about putting this thing together. Well, this is what happens. My dad comes down and he's like, okay, let me help you with that. I wanna go ahead and start putting it together for you. And I'm like, no, I want to do this. I want to do it. I'm capable of doing it. And my mom, God bless her, she's like, you know what? Just let him do it. Let them try it and see what happens. And can I encourage you? Because the same thing is happening with me and my kids now. Like the moment they do it, I say, let me do it. Let me do it. I want to show you the right way to do it. And I, I just want to encourage us all the time, right, in the kingdom of God, the family of God, that's our preference. We want things to be done a certain way that we have a vision. And can I tell you, I just believe that God is bigger, the same God yesterday, today, and forever. He is more than capable of stirring up something on the inside of whoever Whoever is going to come up next to do the thing that God is calling them to do. It may not look like the way you envision it, but it's God. Can you say amen? It may not have all the bells and whistles the way that you desire, but it's God. That's so good. Can you say amen? Yeah. So, so God is calling in this instance that he's chosen 
Solomon is chosen, he's taking the reins, and Solomon does not do things and does life the exact same way that David does. But God uses Solomon to do something amazing for his glory. Can I tell you, the person that is succeeding you in the kingdom of God, God is using them, and the same God that changes not will provide the same gospel, the same reach, the same gift, the same calling. But let me tell you something, the world is changing. Life is different now than when I was a kid. And so because of that, God raises up leaders and generals and people to succeed, to deal with the, the time and the season and the culture in which they've been called to. And so everything is not gonna look exactly the same, but let me tell you that when you pass the baton, and even though you begin to take your hands off the baton, so the person succeeding you can put their hands on the baton, God never lets go in the process. God always keeps his hand on that transition and succession. So I just wanna encourage you in that, that God is using you to make an impact in the next generation. Let me share this last one here. We feel hopeful because you will take us further. It's resourcing and release. I wanna take us to look at a particular passage here in 1 Chronicles 28, but just verse six and seven. And he said to me, Solomon, your son, is the one who will build my house and my courts. For I've chosen him to be my son. I will be his father. I will establish his kingdom forever if he's unswerving in carrying out my commands and laws as is being done at this time. When transition starts, Solomon is able to have access to all of David's resources. Solomon is not beginning this wheel from square one and he has to go out there and do everything he, himself. He is receiving the baton and he's receiving um, the next level from his father David. Can I tell you that the kingdom of God, the family of God should be better tomorrow because of the impact and what you're building with it today. The next generation should be so much further, so much more ready to take on and tackle life's challenges. You know why? Because we left them with a legacy. We left them with a strong foundation. We left them with a history of faith. We let them know who God is. We told them about Jesus. We exposed them to life and culture, and they got to see how we got to deal with it. And as a result, they're that much better for it. Solomon receives all that David has to take and build the plans for the temple. So let me ask you a question today. What is one practical step that you can carry on or make today to ensure that this next generation not only succeeds you, but exceeds you? I'm gonna tell you a story real quick and we're gonna leave with this and I'll close with prayer. But my mom, growing up, she used to always say this. She used to say, I don't want you just to be like me. I want you to be better. Any parents like that today, speaking that over to their kids, right? I want my next generation to be better. Uh, my son, uh, he tells me, he says, Dad, I just want to be just like you. And it's so awesome. I'm really flattered. I said, I don't want you to be just like me. I want you to be better, man. I want you to be better because I'm giving you more things. You've got more things at your disposal. And I just want to tell you that that should be our prayer. That should be our heart posture. That should be our song for the next generation. We don't want them just to duplicate what we're doing. We want them to take the family of God better 
if we draw 1,000 people to come to the foot of the cross, we want them to draw 3,000 or 4,000 or 5,000. We want them to take it further. Can you say amen? Right? We want to see the kingdom of God grow exponentially, not just on a, a small linear scale. We want them to take it further, bigger and better than anything we could ever ask, think, or imagine. So what's one thing that you can do today to ensure that it advances? Whether it's somebody in your community, a child that may be uh, becoming from a rough situation, a broken relationship or something there, how can you take them under your wing and make deposits? How can you allow them to see the hope of Jesus, the light of God living in you? How can you inspire a generation? Well, it's served Serve week, and there's a lot of volunteers coming around here at, at, at Kensington. And listen, uh, it may seem like it's a very small task or a very small thing. Do you know that every little thing you do matters? It doesn't matter from the, from the biggest thing to the smallest thing. Everything matters. That deposit, that investment, well, it seems like it's small at the moment, that Dogecoin, that GameStop investment, right? But you just know and have the faith that it's going to grow larger than anything you could have ever imagined. Well, have that same mindset with the kingdom of God. I'm gonna make a small deposit today. I'm gonna pray for others. I'm gonna bring this next generation under my wing. I'm gonna mentor somebody. And I'm gonna do my part to serve to advance the kingdom of God for kingdom impact. And I promise it'll be the greatest investment you've ever made. Can we pray? Father, we thank you so much for the impact that you've made in our lives. We thank you for what you're doing. And I thank you so much that you're allowing us to see you in new and great ways. And Father, I just pray that you would just give us a burden, place in our heart someone else, not just us, not just our time, not just what we can get from you, but give us a passion or burden for this next generation, the people coming up next. And so, Father, I just pray that you would burn that desire in our hearts and show us how we can serve. Place a passion on the inside of us and just know that even though it's the smallest thing, it may feel like it's really small, it's got lasting impact for ages, years, and decades to come. So, Father, we give your name praise for it. We thank you so much. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Yeah. Here, stay up for a minute. So I, I wrote down, you know this because we already did this yeah. once. I wrote down in the first service, you said the potential for hope is the power of investment. So when we look around the world and we have the potential to feel hopeless, like look at everything going on, the crazy, or even sometimes we've all seen the memes making fun of the generations that are going to take over <laughs> after us, right? They eat Tide Pods. We're going to give it all to them. Yeah. Like, and yeah. so you can feel hopeless. I think the reality is it's investment. That's where we have the power to feel hope. So here's what I thought today, though, in this service was a little bit different. Is it kind of struck me that the times that I think I feel hopeless, I'm being selfish. Mm. Because I'm thinking more about just my life and not about the future. Mm. I'm not thinking about other people's lives. Mm. I'm not thinking about generations in front of me that I need to be making better by how I'm investing in today. So I appreciate wow. you, man. Appreciate Amen. your appreciate impact you, just in man. us and in me today. Wow. So tell, tell us a little bit. So you're launching in three weeks. Tell us yes. a little bit about that and just how we can be in prayer for you, how we can support Absolutely. you as you're getting ready to go. Oh, man. So we're, we're really excited. Um, and we are launching on the 24th of October. And uh, one of the things that really, 
that's just been a burden in my heart is that the fact that we're future forward. And so it's just kind of like this, the, the, the message is so right on time for us because that's our heart. We call it future forward. It's a term that we kind of made up, but basically it just means that we're perpetually thinking about the next generation. So we just don't want to think about the young people right now, but we want to think about the people coming up after them and after them. And what can we do today and how can we leave a legacy for generations to come? So that's, that's one of our, our, our big pillars at RISE. Um, one way that we, we can always use prayer, man, is, is that um, the heart of it all, right, we can do amazing things, we can have a fantastic time, put on a great experience. We want people to come into an authentic encounter with Jesus. And so we, we are praying that people would come, receive faith, uh, live a life of, for Jesus, but then experience life transformation. And so baptisms are, are really, really in a soft spot in my life. Uh, and so we're just praying that Romulus would wake up, that God would move to wake people up to Romulus, and then that we would be good uh, stewards over the people that he's trusting us with as disciple makers to help people grow in their purpose and all of that. Yeah. So, that's so the 24th yeah. is launch Sunday. Yes. One service? Yeah, one service, 10 a.m. It's okay. going to be at the Marriott, the Marriott that sits directly across from the airport off of 94. Awesome. So at Merriman. So we're really excited about it. So here's what yeah. I would think would be so cool is if, if you would feel compelled, maybe even on launch day, to come mm. encourage and to support. Oh, wow. Or I would love it if a handful of you would go, you know what? For a season of my life at least, we're going to go be a part of this. We're going to do what he's doing. If you're feeling that nudge, there's anything in you, you're like, I did not come to church today thinking I was going to go to church in Romulus in a few weeks. But maybe. You never know how God moves. Right. And if there's anything, like we're, you're going to be in the lobby afterwards, right? Because yeah, I'd love people to come talk to you and just, if nothing else, just encourage him. Celebrate him for being faithful to what God's called him to do. And maybe, maybe there's a conversation you need to have exploring the reality that possibly for some of you, it's not just what God's calling him to do. And, and if you're online with us, how can people contact you online? Yeah, so if you're online, you can visit us at uh, www.theriseChurch.com. And right there, it has all the information. Uh, if you click about, it'll be there, sign up forms, all of that stuff. So if people want to get involved, they can fill out a form. It goes right directly to our inbox and somebody on the team will reach out to them. Awesome. Yeah, it's fantastic. Well, we're all proud of you. We're oh, excited man, for you. you. And I'm just thrilled that God's brought you into our lives, man. Man, man so. I feel it. Thank you. So we're going to do a song next that isn't brand new to us as a church. It's a song called The Blessing. And it, in many ways, it, it is a prayer as a song about a request that God would continue to bless our children and their children and their children. And we thought on a morning like this, it would be the perfect way for us to wrap up as we go into this moment, really asking God through this song, do what Aaron talked about, bless our children, but realizing he will do it through our hands. sing this song, I just want to invite you to stand and respond with us to the hope that we have in God's faithfulness and favor, not just in this generation, but in the generation to come. So once you receive this blessing with us.
bring our kids onto the stage and have a moment to pray a blessing over them. So as they make their way up, this is Ryan down here. Ryan runs K-Kids here at Orient, if you don't know him. Yeah, let's just celebrate them for a minute. So Ryan, let's, uh, let's go ahead like last time. We're gonna stand back. Here's what I would love to invite you to do. Even, even if church is a new experience for you or what we're about to do is new, I would love to invite you into this with us. There are times that I think it's so important for us to agree together. And although I can't have you up here on stage with us because, well, we just wouldn't all fit, here's what I'd love to have you do as a way of agreeing to say, yes, God, we want your blessing on their lives. Take the church forward through them farther than we have. Would you just do this in agreement? Just extend your hand out, kind of like you're up here. Almost imagine yourself just putting your hands on them. And then we're going to pray, right? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this group of children, boys and girls that are up here today, Lord. Thank you so much as we just learned about creating them in your perfect image, not only outside, but their hearts, Father God. And thank you so much for their hearts, for the kindness and the love and the joy 
that just exists so naturally in children. And Lord, thank you so much for what you teach every single one of us through them about your nature and your kingdom. And Lord, Father God, right now, we pray for this future. We pray for the very lives on this stage and how they will enter into this world and their impact on the world now and in the future, Father God. And it is not about just the church of the future, but they are the church of today. And so, Lord, Father God, right now, I just pray your hand, your blessing on each and every soul that is on this stage today, Lord, for the impact that they will have on the world and for the grace and mercy to know their need and their dependence for you, Father God. And so use them in mighty ways. Help them to fall madly and deeply more and more in love with you as they grow older and older, Father God, and to continue to grasp and understand what it is you have done for them and what they can do through you. So Lord, thank you for this day and thank you for this moment. And may it be used for all of this church, not only for these children, but for every one of us in this room as well, about your power and your might and your vision for the future, Father God. Father, I just give these words over these children that are words you once gave us. May the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And so I pray in the mighty matchless name of Jesus Christ, who we believe knit and formed together every single child in this room back in K-Kids still watching online that are attached to our hearts that we know of by name but aren't here today. You made them, you formed them with purpose, with passion, with beauty, with identity. In the name of Jesus, we pray that you would set them apart from the ways of this world and for the ways of the kingdom. Would you, I pray, give us confidence as we look at the days ahead that the hope we can have is ultimately in Jesus Christ worked through their lives. And so I pray, God, that you would protect them and watch over them from the enemy who would sift them. I pray that you would set them, Father, like their faces, like it was said of Christ, like flint towards the missions that you've given them. As they grow, as they develop, would you breathe within them an understanding of who you are, of what you have made them for. Would I pray, God, the influence of all the world around them that would draw them away from you have no power and victory in their lives. Jesus, we pray for the movement of your church, as Ryan said, today in their lives, tomorrow in their lives, and for the future of the church through their lives. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Awesome. Well, hey, as they all head back to their classes, I'm gonna need a few minutes of time to let them get back. So just take a quick seat, and here's what I wanna do. I wanna give you a really fast preview of a series that we've got coming up starting next week called Reveal. The whole point of the Reveal series is that there's a lot of things in life that we've come to believe that God thinks or the Bible says that God doesn't think and the Bible doesn't say. And so for the next several weeks, starting next Sunday, we're gonna try and tackle some of these issues head on and begin to unpack them. So if you just watch the screens for just a minute, we'll give you a bit of a taste and a preview of what this series is gonna be.
So that's next Sunday. Super excited about that. A few last things before you walk out the door. Um, again, remember, Volunteer Sunday this week and this month. We would love to have you explore getting involved. So make sure to visit the hub before you walk out the door. Also, our green space tour. would love to have you come see that. Walk through, hear a little bit more, ask questions. I'll be out there in a couple of minutes. would love to meet you and just talk more about that and dream together. Lastly, this Wednesday is Orient Midweek, and we would love to invite you to come be a part of that with us. One of the things Aaron said about what they hope Rise does ultimately is leads people into an encounter with Jesus. And we actually, ironically, we haven't even talked about this, Aaron. We are about to start a series on Midweek here at Orient called Encounter, looking at some of the more powerful moments of people encountering God. And so we're actually moving back into the auditorium. If you've been a part of those with us over the summer, you know that we've been out in the lobby. That was supposed to be Orient Outdoors. Apparently the weather did not want to cooperate, so it became Orient Indoors in the lobby. Uh, We actually outgrew the space in the lobby already, and we're going to be moving back in to here starting this Wednesday. We're going to make some changes to this room to try and create a little bit of a different experience when we gather for midweek. We're super excited to experience it with you, and we'd love to have you be here. And launching this Midweek will also be K-Kids for birth up to pre-K. So hopefully that will be a benefit to you as well. Lastly, we have a prayer team like every week that would love to serve you as you walk out the door. So if we can encourage you or pray with you or pray over you before you leave, they are directly back here. Please let us do that. Otherwise, thank you so much for being with us this morning. Your kids should be back in the room. Have a great Sunday and we'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Kensington Church Podcast. If you've enjoyed this recording, check back weekly for new content. You can find Kensington on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and of course, at kensingtonchurch.org.